Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. I'm so thankful. Uh, the, the mission statement of our church is our mission is to change the world one person at a time. We do that with one small group at a time, one service at a time, one generous gift at a time, and also one year at a time. And this is our fourth year, our four-year celebration. And um, I just couldn't think of a better way to do it than have my pastor come in and uh, bring a great word. And before uh, Pastor Chad uh, comes up and uh, shares a great word with you, I just got to brag real quick. Can I brag about my pastor, one of our overseers? Can I do that? Okay. Be careful when you meet one of your heroes, by the way. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. When I was a, a younger Christian, didn't get, uh, didn't raise, wasn't raised in church, didn't know church a lot. One of my first pastors I thought was one of the coolest people ever. I knew him from the platform, but I didn't know him as a person. And so I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet one of my heroes. And so I got around him. I thought it was going to be really joyful, really kind. It was going to be a party. And he wasn't very kind, kind of quiet, and kind of blew me off. It felt really good. It felt like a hug. And uh, it just made me realize that in ministry that sometimes you only know the persona of a pastor, but you never know the person of the pastor. And I remember making a commitment that the person of who I am will always be bigger than the persona that people see on a Sunday. And, um, but also the people that I would want to surround myself with and be pastored by would be the same. And uh, Chad is, of course, charismatic, gifted, hilarious. Um, I could keep going. I was going to say good looking, but that'd be weird. Uh, he's gorgeous. What are you saying right now? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, you need to know something. The person of Chad, who he is as a person, uh, he's a pastor. It says in Jeremiah that the people of God were scattered and they were hurt because they didn't have shepherds after God's heart and for his people. And Chad is a shepherd for God and for people. He just loves people and he loves God. I was a young youth pastor, uh, a terrible youth pastor, and Chad was my first mentor. And uh, he saved my kids uh, in youth ministry <laughs> from a terrible youth ministry. And then when we planned the church, uh, out of nowhere, just so kind, I visited his church and he reached out and we got uh, lunch and just invested in me and our church. Chad and Julia are just the best. Mission Church wouldn't be what it is without Chad and Julia Beach. And uh, I'm just so thankful that uh, there are people who love God, love us, and just invest in our house. So Mission Church, uh, I, I pray that as Chad preaches, you let him know how much we love him. We respond well. We love well. Does this sound good? You guys ready for a great message? Give it up for Pastor Chad. Come on, keep clapping for Pastor Tyler and Pastor Rachel. Wow. Is this amazing? This is so much fun, and I just have to say, I, I think this is the best thing going in all of the Bay Area today. Do the Warriors play today? Steph Curry ain't got nothing on this. I'm just going to say it. But this is an unbelievable celebration, and that video tells such a beautiful story of faith and sacrifice. Can we clap everyone, the staff, clap for all the volunteers. Let's thank everyone for serving. Come on, we can be louder than that. And really thank everybody. The worship team, clap for them. That, I like that video because it reminds me of church planning. Like when you first start a church, you don't even have a drummer. You got, you got a guy sitting on a box. But um, we just are, I'm blown away today by what you guys have been able to accomplish through the grace of God. And we know that it's Jesus. We know that it's grace. We know that it's all the good news of who he is. But I think great church takes a lot of faith, takes a lot of sacrifice. It 
takes a lot of coffee <laughs> to build something great. You got to drink coffee, and um, and then the spirit breaks out. But um, but it's unbelievable, and I'm just I'm committed to the future of this church. By the way, if you're visiting today from another church, we are so thankful that you're stopping by to visit Mission today. We're blessed by your presence. If you're from another church, if you kindly leave a $1,000 donation, we would be so grateful for taking up a chair. That's your commitment. Um, but if, you, if you're here and you're not from a church, I think you should prayerfully consider making this your church. And I think you should prayerfully consider making these your pastors. You know, th- I think everyone needs a pastor. Everyone needs a spiritual family. You know, the Bible teaches us that God sets the lonely in family. And the reason why God has placed you in this community is not just for what you can get, but it is also for what you can give. And great church is not being a spectator. Great church is being a participator and is saying, I'm, I'm going to plant myself here. Church to me is kind of like a marriage. Find one and stick to it. And... Um, Every church has problems. Every church has issues. There's no perfect community. Somebody say amen. Amen. But instead of being a part of the problem, we should be a part of the solution. So I want to pray right now over this next year. I love that that line, one year at a time. And um, and that's really the 49ers motto. Chad, that's not okay. Come on, you guys. Go Seahawks. Anyways, um, but I like that one year at a time motto. And I'm I'm just going to pray right now. And I'm going to ask you to add your faith into the pile. You take your mustard seed, and I'll take my mustard seed faith. And together, we'll have a whole bunch of faith for what we can do in this church, but really through this church. Because what happens in this room does not matter unless it spills out and affects the communities. So we're, we're believing that our young people, the youth of Mission Church, will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're believing for marriages to be vibrant and healthy and filled with love and forgiveness. We're believing for our children to know the ways of Jesus in Mission Kids. Amen. So come on right now. Let's just pray over this next year. Father, we thank you on anniversary Sunday that clearly it has been your grace. Clearly it has been your working. And so we pray as we go into another year of building your house, we thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we thank you for the wind of heaven to be at this church's back. We believe for open doors and wild opportunities. And God, we thank you that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind can imagine the things that you have in store for those who love you and are called according to your purposes. We already say yes and amen to whatever you ask us for. Lord, here is our time. Here is our talent. Here is our treasure. It is all laid before you. We live as a steward, not as an owner. Help us, God, to be in love with you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, Mission Church, clap real loud if you're excited about the future. Come on. We're just getting started. Are you ready? Okay, go in your Bible, John chapter 13, John 13, go there in your Bible, and I'm going to jump in in just a moment. Uh, Again, I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I left my four children and my beautiful wife. We have a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old. My wife and I are, we've been married for 13 years. She is so blessed, it's crazy, and uh, you guys get it, and so... um, but we, we have uh, no pets because we love Jesus, and we have a minivan, so that's where we're at. 
But um, I was excited to come, excited to, be, to share this message. I want to talk today around the idea of relationships. And what I love about relationships is we serve a God that is relationally driven. He actually says, all I want you to have is a vertical relationship with me and an awesome horizontal relationship with others. So I want you to be in relate. In fact, Jesus came so that you could have a relationship with God. So listen, we do not serve the God of behavior modification. We serve the God of life transformation. And where does life transformation happen? It happens in the context of relationship. Like you are a friend of God. I don't know if you realize this. I live in Los Angeles, so people love to name drop. Like, you know, I was with so-and-so the other day. And yeah, you know, I know so-and-so. And I'm always like, can I just, oh, you dropped this name. Can I just, here you like, have you ever felt the urge to drop a name? You could just be like, I'm friends with God. <laughs> the other day I was having coffee with a friend and he's got tattoos. So I love to ask people the genesis of their tattoo stories. And so he had this big, like, it was like a Chinese, like, symbol right here and a similar one on this side. And I was like, bro, I love your tats, man. These are crazy. Like, bro, what's, so what's this one? Like, what, what, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, this one right here? This is friend. And, like, I think it was Chinese. This is friend in Chinese. I was like, wow. He's like, this right here? This is God. So friend, God. He goes, on my chest I have another one. Of, friend, of, God. I was like, I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> He's like, ah, just kidding. I don't have the of. But yeah, friend, God. <laughs> it's like we have a hope at a relationship. Thank God. But you're a friend of God. Just as God called Moses a friend, he calls you a friend. You're friends with the king of heaven. And God says, I want you to have a vibrant, dynamic, intimate relationship with me. And I want you to have a dynamic, happening, excited, healthy relationship with others. In fact, Jesus is going to teach us that the way people know that you go to Mission Church, or even more, the way people know that you're a follower of the way, or follower of this rabbi carpenter named Jesus, is through your relationships. Like nothing says more about your faith than your friends. Nothing says more about you being a follower of the way than the way you treat individuals. Now, I just want to show you John 13. Watch in the scriptures. Watch what Jesus says. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, by the, in other words, it will not be your social media bio. It will not be your political party. Somebody say amen for that. It, it, it will not be anything exterior. It will be your relationships that tell your faith journey. It will be the way that you have longevity of relationship, the way you treat people that don't act like you, vote like you, or look like you, that you've got to treat people. You, that he says, the way that I love you, which let's just qualify for a moment. He showers you with grace, showers you with mercy, showers you with forgiveness, showers you with favor. He said, the way I love you, I want you to love others. That's, in other words, if you don't love people, You've never seen God. 
Because if you get a glimpse of heaven and a glimpse of the gospel, it will cause you to love other people. The problem is, though, we love God and we tolerate people. You ever hear someone going like, oh, man, I love God. I love God. But, you know, just like, I, I just don't like church, you know, because the people. I would, I would love church, but, you know, there's people there. It's just people. And I really don't like people. It's like, what? People are the best part of church. We've been in 10 locations. Have you realized yet it is not the location that makes Mission Church special. It's the people that call this place home. Oh, come on, clap today if you're excited about the people in this church. <laughs> Hear me, we are only as good as the people in this room. We are only as good as the way that you will love one another, not tolerate each other. And if you have a love for one another, Jesus says, everyone will know that you're truly a follower of the ways of the kingdom of God. And I'm believing, I'm believing today that you have a love for each other. Listen, the enemy, the devil, is not afraid of a big church. He's afraid of a unified church. There's big churches everywhere. But just because it's a lot of people doesn't mean there's a lot of unity and a lot of love. In order for us to step into our God-given potential, we're going to have to love each other. We're going to have to serve each other. We're going to have to, I know it may be messy. Let me just, this is one of my favorite Proverbs. The proverb says this, where there are no oxen, the trough is clean. Let me translate for you. The, the Bible's literally saying, if you don't have any people, you don't have any problems. Remember Diddy used to say, more money, more problems? The Bible's saying, more people, more problems. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to be a part of church and a part of this community, the more people we add, the more people are coming in with problems and more issues and more. Listen, we're all shaped by four things. Trauma, drama, daddy, and mama. Okay? <laughs> so we all got it. So people are coming into this church with trauma, drama, daddy, and mama. And so we're all a mess. We've got old problems and old issues and old baggage and old pain. But we need a church today that we be committed that no matter what you've gone through, we're going to love you, we're going to serve you, we're going to welcome you. Come on, clap today if you want to be that kind of church. I want you to write down the title of today's message. It's called Dynamics dealings and determination dynamics dealings and determination see we got to we got to de- we got to deal with these dynamics the relational problems relational the pro- relationships are messy by the way or uh, in other words relationships are complicated they're they're co- and why are relationships so complicated why are relationships so messy have you ever talked to somebody and they're like i'm a mess right now i'm a mess we're all a mess. Now, some of us can act like we're okay, but you're a mess. And so am I, clearly. <laughs> the problem is we don't know how to clean up the mess. A lot of us, we don't want to get into relationships because they're messy. Sometimes we, when we clean up our home, when we clean up the house, we have a three-song rule. We turn on three songs, and we clean up the house as fast as we can in these three songs. We choose the three songs. We press play. Now, my oldest boy, my eight-year-old, he is a clean freak. This guy can clean for all three songs. He can handle about five to six chores in these three songs. The four-year-old and the six-year-old, however, we bring them back to their room. There's clothes on the floor. There's books everywhere. There's blankets 
blankets everywhere. There's cups. No one is more concerned about hydration than when a child goes to bed. It's just cups everywhere. We close the door for these three songs, and after three songs, we open up the door to see what they've done. They've done nothing. Books, clothes, cups, everything. They can't clean it up because they don't know how to. Some of us relationally, we're like, ah, I don't know how to handle this stuff. I don't know how to clean up some baggage and some brokenness and some things because there's too many. Write down number one today. There's too many dynamics. There's, there's dynamics with my siblings. There's dynamics with my parents. There's dynamics with my boss. There's dynamics with my coworkers. There's dynamics with my children and with my spouse. There's so many relational dynamics at play. No, God's going to give you the strength and God's going to give you the capacity to handle all of your dynamics. Watch what the Bible teaches in Ephesians 4. Watch what he says here, Ephesians 4.25. So he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted to one another, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. If you've got bad dynamics with someone, why don't we turn it into a healthy dynamic? No, there's nothing better than when you see two people that have great, you know, vibes, great energy. By the way, in Los Angeles, people can't figure it out. Like wherever, wherever I go, people are like, oh my gosh, your energy's crazy. Your vibes are crazy. You got vibes. I don't know how to tell them. It's like, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but have you ever seen two people just like the dynamics are off the chart? Yesterday, uh, Pastor Tyler and I got to go play golf, and uh, this fourth guy joined the group. We were playing with a friend of mine, and so the three of us were, we, we, we were adding one to the group, and Tyler and this stranger became a team against me and this other friend of mine. And all of a sudden, Tyler, because he's the nicest human in the world, creates this incredible dynamic, and they end up whooping us in golf. And by the end of the round, they're hugging and best friends, and they got tattoos together last night. It's weird. <laughs> It's weird. It's weird, man. But they have dynamics that are healthy, dynamics that make sense, dynamics that are fluid. I wonder if you're dealing with the dynamics of your relationships in a positive way. All throughout the scriptures, there's crazy dynamics. Like if we were to interview some people in the Bible and we went to Jacob, we're like, Jacob, whoa, your dynamic with your brother, that's kind of crazy. So you just sell soup now? That's what you do? You sell chili. Okay, great. So you steal birthrights. You just fake like you're hairy. And t okay, so that's your dynamic. Or how about your dynamic with your father-in-law, Laban? Or how about the dynamic if you were to talk to Samson and Delilah and be like, Samson, what were you thinking? Oh, the dynamic was crazy. I'm just in love with this girl. I couldn't say no. Like we all have different dynamics at play in our life and we got to learn how to handle or write down number two, we got to learn how to deal with this stuff. See, a lot of us, we just want to avoid the mess. Well, there's a problem, uh, they're out of my life. There's an issue, they're gone. Oh, they don't agree with me, cut them off. Oh, they, 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 they posted this on social media. I don't even want to talk to them. No, no, we actually have to deal with the dynamics. Watch this. Same chapter of the Bible, Ephesians 4. Watch what he said before this. So stop telling lies. 
Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Deal with the mess. Deal with the problem. Why? The Bible's teaching us how quickly should you deal with the mess? Well, before the sun goes down, that's how fast. He said, if the sun goes down while you are still angry, the enemy himself will get a foothold in your life. And he's that guy that if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. So all of a sudden, you, you got to fight with your spouse. You got to fight with your boss or coworker. You got to fight with somebody. You slept on the anger. All of a sudden, pretty soon what opens your life to bitterness and resentment and insecurity and jealousy and that door. All, listen, you got to understand, footholds become strongholds. And all he needs is one night of you not dealing with stuff. All he needs is one day. And all of a sudden, listen, by the way, if you are still holding receipts from 2019, that's on you, not them. You got to deal with this stuff. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. You got to talk. See, a lot of us, we just avoid this stuff. We're like, I, 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 I'm not good with confrontation. I'm not good with these convos. I, I get nervous. I, 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 my, my knees are, are my, my palms. My, sorry, I was trying to go for Eminem lyrics, but I'm a man of God. So I clearly don't, I don't do halftime Super Bowl shows. Anyways, so <laughs> we don't want to deal with this stuff. We become like, if you, if you don't know the Bible, this is one of my favorite stories. We become like the first two guys in the story of the Good Samaritan. Watch what it says here in Luke 10. Watch this, this story here, Luke 10. It says, Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite, another religious man, showed up and he also avoided the injured man. You would think that these guys, because they were spiritual, could take care of someone that's in physical pain. By the way, let me just tell you, just because you are spiritual, that does not mean you are good relational. Just because you are strong physically, that does not make you strong emotionally. Mission Church, we do not need spiritual giants and emotional toddlers. It got quiet in here. This is a priest and another religious guy, and they avoid the problem. They avoid, listen, we call this spiritual bypassing. Stop bypassing the convo you need to have with your children. Stop bypassing the conversation you need to have with your spouse. We've got to deal with these issues. We've got to deal with the fallout because it's affecting you more than it is them. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, in the Old Testament, is a story about a man named Elijah. Elijah's a prophet, and Elijah wins like the Super Bowl of prophets. He takes out hundreds of false prophets, he destroys them, and he becomes like the champion warrior prophet, this mighty man of God. The moment that he wins this Super Bowl of prophets and destroys all these false prophets, he leaves the Super Bowl and he gets a win that this woman named Jezebel wants to kill him. By the way, side note, some of your greatest failures will come directly after some of your greatest success. You got to keep your guard up. 
Remember one moment, Peter, Jesus was saying, I'm going to build my church on you. And the next verse, he's like, get behind me, Satan. So you got to be careful that some of your greatest failures don't happen right after your greatest success. So, so Elijah leaves this Super Bowl. He gets wind that Jezebel wants to kill him. Now, this is a mighty man of God. He's just taking out false prophets. Watch what it says that Elijah does after he catches wind that Jezebel wants to kill him. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. And he went down to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Now, hold on. You're telling me that Elijah the prophet, who kills 400, is now under a tree and he is depressed and suicidal? Could it be that the reason why you got into a bad place is because of a relationship that you didn't deal with? Could it be that, listen, Jezebel's operating, by the way, Jezebel in this story is operating with a spirit of manipulation and control. If anyone in your world is trying to manipulate you or control you, you need to deal with that spirit. You can be gentle with the person, but never gentle with that spirit. You tell that spirit where it can go. I am controlled by Jesus. I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm in love with the Father, and you can't, you can't put me into a dark place. Come on, clap today if you're willing to deal with anything that's trying to be manipulate, manipulative or controlling. See, relationships, if you don't deal with them, they will get you into a dark hole. They will get you into a dark place. Elijah's sitting there underneath the tree. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go root for the Niners. This is just. <laughs> just I, she did, I don't know. No, it's like you got you to gotta meet your problems head on. You got to deal with your drama. You got to deal with the fallout. Come on, let's get a coffee. Come on, let's, let's FaceTime. Come on, let's get on the phone. Can we reconcile? I know, I know we, there's, we made a mess of things at Thanksgiving. I know we made a mess of things at Christmas. I know I wasn't the father I was supposed to be. But can I deal with, you know, you're about one or two conversations from getting a breakthrough in your life. Most of us come to church and we're like, God, Lord, fix them. Change them, God change them. God's like, yes, I'm going to use you, <laughs> your hands and your feet and your mouth and your grace and your peace and your forgiveness and your kindness and your compassion and your gentleness and your commitment. And the way I love you, I want you to love them. Come on, clap today if you're willing to have a bunch of dynamics, but to deal with it. You're not getting any better being like the first two guys, avoiding the conflict. I, I don't want to. I don't want to think about them. I, I, I just. I'm going to mute them. I'm going to mute their stories and I'm going to mute their posts. I just. I, I'm not going to unfollow. That'd be very ungodly. I'm just going to mute them because I don't want to deal with it. No, God's speaking to you. No, no, I dealt with your issues. I dealt with your shame. In fact, write down number three today. I love this. We need some determination. 
We need some holy determination. Anybody thankful today that God was determined to be in right relationship with you? Anybody thankful that God said, I'm not going to let another day go by. I'm going to send my one and my only son. Though he had it all, he gave it all. Though he was rich, he became poor. Though he was the king of heaven, he became a servant of man. And he came to this earth determined. He said, I got food to eat that you don't even know of. This is the will of the Father that I go to the cross. And even if you whip my back and put a crown of thorns on my brow and hang me up on a cross, I am fighting and I am determined that I would reconcile humanity to the Father. Come on, clap mission. If you're grateful that Jesus was on a mission. Where did Jesus find you? When you were all put together? When you had your hands raised? When you were singing, all hail King Jesus? No, he found you in the dumps. He found you in your brokenness. He found you when you were away from God. And he said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have fought for you. I was determined to find you. He pulled me out of a pit. Set my feet upon a rock. Put a new song in my mouth. Many will see of it and many will hear. You didn't find God. Someone's like, I found faith. Fam, he found you. You didn't find nothing. You, can, you didn't even connect to the Wi-Fi. He found you. He found you when you were rebellious. He found you when you had no clue how good he was. He found you when you hated yourself. When you hated yourself, he still loved you. He found you and he called you by your name. He pulled you out of all of your shame and all of your addiction and all of your struggle and he put freedom in your life and gave you the power of the Holy Spirit and he gave you identity and he gave you confidence and he gave you love. You love people that you used to hate. I've seen God take the meanest people and make them the biggest softies. Used to be just like a bear, ugly, nasty, mean. And now they cry like, I'm just a little puddle of tears. How did they get changed? Jesus was determined. How determined is he? He leaves 99 great mission attenders. And he finds the lost ones. I love Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Watch what he says. He says, but, but God demonstrates his own determination. He demonstrates his own love. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Matthew 7, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Isn't it amazing when it comes to relationships? that we judge other people off their actions, but ourselves off intentions. They are just the worst. But you know, I didn't mean it. It's different for me. Nah, you're a mess. And so are they. And we all are. But God is faithful. He's working in us. And usually when he works in our lives, see, uh, this is why I get scared of creepy Christians. <laughs> you could just spot them a mile away. Because they're so heavenly, they're of no earthly value. I've never seen God take someone completely vertical and never bend the arrows of their heart horizontal. You want to be spiritual? Love people. You want to be spiritual? Talk to people. 
The other day I was flying on a flight and it was early in the morning. I was sitting there, <clears throat> 9A to be exact. Like these details that preachers get, it's like nobody cares where you were sitting, bro. <laughs> and I was like about to fall asleep. We're about 10, 15 minutes into the flight. And the lady in front of me got up onto her knees, took down her mask and started to yell at me that my knees were hitting her in the back. And I had this moment where I was like, this is a real life Karen. This is happening in real time. I was almost asleep. And she's like, she's just going. And I was in my, one of my first thoughts was, if someone's recording this, I'm going to look like such a victim hero. <laughs> she looks like a monster. <laughs> she's just like, read me my rights. And I had a moment where I just had to be like, you know, the way I handle this is a reflection of my faith. The way I treat this person right now, it will be actually the way that people go, Jesus is real or not. Could it be that your family tells the story of our faith? Your marriage is an expression of the love of Jesus. Mission church is actually the thing that will win people over, not by the amount of people that come, but by the way we love each other. And if you're going to be that kind of person, it takes determination to treat people the way that God treats you to treat people the way that you want others to treat yourself. By the way, when people change their mind about you, you don't have to change your mind about them. If they stop loving you, that doesn't mean that you have to stop loving them. That's on their business. That's their decision. I'd rather be known for keeping my love for others. I'd rather be known for being kind, for being, you know what the world needs? The world needs authentic Christians, genuine Christians, people that are the real deal. And we are not the real deal with our hands raised during worship. The test of Mission Church is not a worship service. It's what happens in the parking lot. It's what happens on group texts. It's what happens around dinner tables. Come on, clap today if you're determined to be a real follower of Jesus. Worship team, come join me. Let me just show you a couple more scriptures. Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, no, 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 listen. As much as it, by the way, if you've been abused, if there's been some relationships that are clearly toxic, cancerous, and damaging, I am not saying that you got to go and be close to them. As much as it depends on you, as much as you can handle it, you be generous, you be kind, you be forgiving. But just because I forgive somebody doesn't mean I have to be in proximity to somebody. As much as it depends on you, Mission Church, we will live in the Bay Area as lights and as salts for the kingdom of God. As much as it depends on you, you will have a good witness and a good testimony that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. As much as it depends on you, you go to work every day, you be punctual, you be kind, you do your work, and you have a great attitude about it. This is the Beatitudes at play. This is the kingdom of God at play. And I pray that you get some determination, that you would rise to the occasion of being a little ambassador for the glory of God. And I love this last scripture. Look at this Proverbs 18:24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Friendship starts with me.
friendship relationship starts with me. Do I respond to God's relationship? Starts with me. God wants to love you. God wants to help you. God wants to serve you. But he can only work with a willing heart. Are you ready today to be in a relationship with Jesus? Are you ready to say, God, I want to be intimate. I want to be close. I want to hear from you. I want to know your ways. I want to understand your love. God, I can't grasp your favor. I can't grasp your grace. But God, I want to know you. And as you pour out into my life, God, help me to take that love and not be selfish, but help me dispense a man who wants friends must he himself be friendly. I'm watching Tyler yesterday. He doesn't miss a putt. He's hitting every shot. He's BFFs with this guy, Joe, by the end of the round. My jealousy spilleth over. Why does he have friends? Because he's friendly. Why does Jesus have your friendship? Because he's friendly. And there is a friend, there is this one friend, there is this, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Maybe you want to get a tattoo later. Friend. <laughs> there was a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Like, you know, he's that friend you can't get rid of. You know, some people are just like, you know, that's my ride or die. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. God's going to be with you in the greatest moments of your life. He's going to be there in the worst moments of your life. If you're in a dark place today, good news. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. When you are faithless, he remains faithful. God showers you today with kindness. He showers you today with forgiveness. He showers you today with undeserved blessing and unmerited favor. He's in love with you. The Bible literally says more than the sands of the seas, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards you. God knows everything about you. He's fully acquainted with all your ways, and he's obsessed with you. He knows when you stand up and when you sit down and when you go out and when you come in. He knows everything about you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he is fiercely, loyally committed to friendship with you. Anybody thankful today that the king of heaven calls you friend? Come on, stand to your feet. Jesus, we thank you. And we praise you. Add to the mess here at mission. We're not intimidated by the complication. Because we're vowing today, God, that with all the dynamics, we vow to deal. And we're asking as a community, God, give us the determination that you gave to us. Let that same determination that you give to us, let us give it to others today. Thank you, God, for forgiveness. Thank you, God, for grace. We receive it today with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I've got dynamics, but I want to say to God, I hear you speaking to me about dealing with my dynamics. And I pray, God, give me determination. And, I, and I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Not to say, Lord, I hear you, but I'm going to ask you to lift your hand to say, Lord, I'm leaving this service and I've got some convos to have. I'm leaving this service and I've got some messes to clean up. Whether you were responsible or them is not the, is not the issue. Today is about saying, Lord, you can use me to bring reconciliation. You can use me to pour oil on wounds. If that's you, lift your hand to heaven. Come on, lift up your hand and respond to the Holy Spirit and say, God, I hear you loud and clear. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray 
that you would help every person with their hand raised. Help them, God. Give them the words to say, the tongue of the learned, the mind of Christ, and the heart of God. We thank you for it. You can put your hands down. Last question. If you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, he was determined to bring you freedom. He was determined to bring you life. And if you want to say yes to Jesus for the very first time and receive the love, the acceptance, and the forgiveness that can only be found in our Savior, when I count to three, lift up your hand and give your life to Jesus. Receive his forgiveness for your sins. On the count of three, lift up your hand. One, two, three, lift it up. You want to get saved? Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, great. Let's all say this together, mission. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for grace. I say out loud, I believe in Jesus. I receive Jesus. I will follow with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. I call you my Savior. I call you my Lord. Come on, let's clap for every person that said yes to Jesus today. Come on, let's really give them an ovation. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.